Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art, where we bring you a new story about your world in every episode. On the podcast today, we have Rodrigo Hang Layton, the first ever Latino to serve as Executive Director of the National Center for Transgender Equality. The transgender policy advocacy and messaging expert will talk about goals he has for the organization, plus share advice for families living in states where trans rights are under attack. Thank you for following the Jesse Garcia Show, now on Threads, Facebook, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. So far this year, 566 bills have been introduced in 49 state legislatures that restrict the rights of transgender citizens. From gender-affirming care to participating in school sports, these assaults on civil liberties have allowed conservatives to run the conversation about protecting traditional families while doing nothing to tackle the more difficult work like improving local economies, schools, healthcare access, or living wages. You know, things that actually help families. It's all political theater to ensure conservatives notch an easy win in their districts against a group of people that make up less than 1% of the population. While 80 of those 566 bills have been signed into law, 128 have failed thanks to the advocacy waged by organizations like the National Center for Transgender Equality. Founded 20 years ago by transgender activists who recognized the urgent need for policy change to advance transgender equality, the center proudly has an extensive record of winning life-saving change for transgender people. And today, we are talking with the expert who has been preparing his whole life for this role. The first ever Latino leader of the National Center for Transgender Equality, Rodrigo Hang Layton. I want to welcome to the show an amazing advocate I've seen on the front lines. In a town full of policy wonks, Rodrigo stands out in D.C. for his fearless work in the LGBTQ movement that ranges from field organizing, leadership development, fundraising, to media advocacy. In past non-discrimination and marriage equality campaigns, leaders often turned to Rodrigo for his skills that provided special insight into the transgender community and communities of color. I often don't get enough face time with this legend that I admire, but rest assured, every time there is an important decision ready to be handed down by the Supreme Court, I can always count on seeing and hearing Rodrigo there on the steps of the court champion in our cause. Welcome to the show, Rodrigo. Thank you so much for having me. That was such a nice introduction. I'm so honored. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and congratulations on being the first Latino to lead the National Center for Transgender Equality as executive director. What changes have you brought to the organization since you started? 
Well, thank you so much. And yeah, I'm I'm really honored to get to lead the National Center for Attention Air Quality, but with a really amazing team, you know, definitely, I do not do this work alone. Um, so I took over as the executive director just about two years ago. Um, and I sense that time, we've really been able to expand our work in a lot of ways. Um, and especially our work in the states, because, you know, NCT's first and foremost known as a policy shop where we do a lot of work with the federal government. And we still do because that's Thanks. essential. But in this meantime, trans people have been uh, experiencing all these anti-transgender bills introduced like wildfire all over the state. So we've been really growing how much we do in the states now, too. Uh, how big is the center and how can people help it grow? NCT is about 20 staffers, which is a lot less than people normally think. You know, we're we're the National Center for Transgender Quality. So it sounds like we're massive and um, people think we're all over the country and we certainly try to be, but there's only about 20 of us. Um, so we're a small but mighty team and we really rely on community support to keep it all going. So people uh, can definitely help us grow by being recurring donors um, sometimes people think, well, I don't have a lot of money to give, but truly, honestly, if you give $5 a month, that is a lot. Those small monthly donations are really the lifeline of so many nonprofits, including ours. They add up because there's so many LGBT organizations, local, regional, and national, but that's just it. it it's the umbrella. It has a lot of communities that it has to concentrate on, but right now, the one community that's being attacked aside from LGBT youth, is transgender individuals in the United States. Um, what services do you provide to the transgender community and allies who want to increase services, public accommodation at the local level for citizens? Well, first off, we really work to change the laws and policies that govern our lives. Our goal is to make it easier and safer to be trans in the United States. So we get into every nook and cranny of the law, things that might not seem obvious on the surface still make a really big difference. Like, for example, the rules about driver's licenses. Can you update your name on your driver's license? Is it expensive? Do you have to submit a ton of medical information that um, might be hard to get? So we will first and foremost work to change all those policies and regulations uh, to make life easier <laughs> for us and our families. And then we also provide a lot of information. So if anyone has questions about, you know, what are my rights? Am I able to do this thing where I live or not? Definitely check out our website. It's transequality.org. Uh, we try to make this information super accessible. So that's one of the big services we provide is clarity about all this stuff from the government that otherwise might be really, really confusing. We could have used you like 15, 20 years ago. Back in, oh, let's see, 2006, 2004, when we were electing judges in Texas, where I was living there for a while, we were electing judges and screening them for um, the LGBT vote. And a lot of them wanted to help us with the trans uh, gender community getting their licenses changed to match uh, their identity. But it's just they needed to be trained. So we had to pull together sort of like ways to make this sort of like a um, a next level step of if you want to be a real ally, 
this is what you can do within the, the law that's available to you. So I'm so happy that you're working with local communities to make that happen because as this whole country starts progressing, there's good people that have been elected to offices that are going to want to help us. They just need the training. And it's so good that there's an organization like yours ready to provide that training. Thank you. And it's so true about so many people want to do the right thing and just don't have a lot of information yet. I mean, transgender people were a really small community where it's really hard to get hard numbers about us, but probably we're something like 1% of the population. That's, That's really not that much at all. Say. Let me tell you something. It just hurts my heart that you're, you're the community, transgender community is in the news and, and it's taking so much space of this anti-hate towards a community. And you're just 1% of the community. I mean, there are larger problems like poverty, healthcare access, education. But for some reason, this is going to be one of the issues that are going to be fought over in the next couple of months in primaries of how much hate can be thrown at this community. And it's just so sad that all this time is being spent on just a marginalized community that's um, already already having a hard time getting their civil rights. I mean, you would want this attention, but it's not good attention. It's just a lot of hate being thrown. And that's like my next question. You're running this organization during a difficult time to be transgender in America. For one, you've seen both increased attacks in public and the rights have been targeted at the state level. How's your organization coping with this dual crisis? And do you have help from other progressive organizations to help you address these attacks? Well, it certainly is a crisis. I mean, this year, there have been over 500 anti-LGBT bills introduced in state legislatures, and most of them were specifically anti-transgender. And most of them were specifically anti-transgender youth. So like you're saying, transgender people are already such a marginalized community, but then put on top of it, transgender youth, we're talking about the single most vulnerable part of our community in a lot of ways. People who otherwise really struggle with isolation and might not have a lot of other places to turn. Um, so, and and over 500 bills like this, anti-LGBT bills is straight up unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this before. So it really is a crisis. We're really uh, working overtime in all these states to try to support people as much as possible and to educate the lawmakers. You know, there are some extremist politicians who are going after us to try to score political points with their base in the primaries. You know, they're really going after the most rabid, most fringe parts the people, of the electorate. The people that turn out for the primaries. Exactly. Because uh, in the general elections, we see that most everyday Americans either support transgender people or honestly don't really care, you know, um, they have they have, live and let live type of attitude. Yeah. And they're more worried about inflation. They're more worried about the rising cost of housing. They're more worried about school shootings and the risk that that poses to their own children. They're way more worried about anything like that than transgender kids. So even someone who doesn't fully support trans rights yet still doesn't think that they should, that the government's job is to attack trans kids. Um, so most everyday Americans are on the right side here, 
but it's the really fringe people who vote in the primaries um, that are representing a really different kind of problem. They get to control the narrative early on. And this is where organizations like yours need to step in and provide some clarity on the issue. Yeah, and we do a lot of education to just really try to break down the basics of what does it mean to be transgender and what are what does it mean to transition and healthcare or to play school sports as a trans kid because there's a ton of misinformation out there. Um, and I can understand the confusion about what it means to be transgender because we are such a small community and this is the first time that a lot of people have really thought about it. But they and so their lack of information about us means that sometimes they don't spot it when something's a lie they fall for these myths yeah. and so it's our job to really present the facts and do and really be uh, giving that bread and butter information about this is what transgender healthcare is actually like exactly. and when we are able to provide that information and really give the truth the opportunity to compete then we see people really come to our side in a bigger way yeah, like in the last election, the the twenty twenty two midterm election, there was a right wing political action committee that was distributing a flyer in Colorado's Latino community, disparaging Democrats in Spanish and warning parents that Democrats wanted to promote the transgender identity and mutilate their kids' genitals. The Latino organization that I volunteer with for the like the last 16 years, the League of United Latin American Citizens worked with our Colorado State Director of our organization to denounce that anti-LGBTQ flyer. And we warned folks that this was misinformation and it was transphobic. And we asked the public to vote the way they want to, but to do their research first and do not spread hate. This effort mischaracterized the issue of trans youth and their rightful access to health care. I hope you're getting this type of assistance from other progressive organizations. I mean, with only 20 employees, you can only do so much. Have other progressive organizations stepped up? Some have been stepping up and we've been seeing uh, connections that we didn't have before because as this anti-transgender hostility has been rising, you know, it's made other progressive groups notice how connected transgender rights is to uh, abortion rights, uh, healthcare access, a lot of these other issues that, you know, progressive organizations care about, but maybe didn't realize were connected to, uh, to anything about the LGBT community before. And, you know, it, it's cliche, but it's true that we all rise and fall together. Exactly. Because the thing is, the people who are most angry about transgender people, the people who are most trying to to foster all this hostility um, and hate against transgender people are doing so because they have these really rigid ideas of who you're supposed to be, of of how you're supposed to live your life. And so the same people who are super anti-transgender are also the ones who are trying to take away a lot of other access and put everyone into boxes. And I think that that harms Latinos, whether you're LGBT or not. It harms all people of color, whether you're LGBT or not. It harms women, whether LGBT or not. It's that idea of like, there are people out there on the fringes who are thinking, I I am supposed to determine how you live your life. And transgender people 
are the ones who color most outside the lines in their minds. And that's why they're going after us. But we all have skin in this game. Like we're all going to be hurt by that kind of vision of a world where someone else gets to tell you how to live. Um, And so we are starting to see people make those connections more, which is really good. Thankfully, several blue states have recently passed laws to protect trans lives in schools, medical decisions, and public accommodation. For those who live in hostile jurisdictions, what advice do you have for the individuals who need that type of protection? My advice is to know your rights and document everything. Uh, There are times that you may live in a state that has passed anti-LGBT or anti-trans bills, but you might still have protections from the federal government. It all depends on the particular situation, whether it's school or housing or in the workplace, Um, but it's really important to know your rights. Uh, These things can be confusing. So NCT and other organizations are happy to help. Again, we have a lot of information on our website, but if you are experiencing discrimination or if you're in a situation where you think it might come up, read up on your rights, Uh, Make sure that you know exactly what protections you have, because you might have more than you realize, and then document everything. And I would say, lastly, don't go through this alone. You know, find out if there's groups in your area. There are more and more trans support groups and support groups for families propping up all over the country, including some in Spanish in places that have big Latino communities. So um, don't go through this alone. You know, reach out and find other people in your area. I guarantee you there's a lot more people out there than you realize. So reach out. Yeah, more and more I'm getting high school friends who are reaching out to me because their kids coming out gay or trans. So they live in parts of Texas because I'm originally from Texas where they probably don't know that they have support groups, but my God, there are so many LGBTQ groups in Texas alone because it's a large state. You're bound to have more of that population there because of the numbers, you know, and it's just amazing that they're reaching out and sharing this. And when they, they come to me scared, because they probably never thought about, oh, I'm going to have a gay kid or a trans kid, and we don't come with instruct, uh, instructions, you know? It's a whole new ball game, and it's just really sad that they're coming to me at, very scared about their child, not because their child is gay or trans, but they're just worried about their future. So for, for parents who are raising transgender youth, is there like a trans youth group nationwide that they could call? There's a few options. So first off, if uh, your kid is questioning or has recently come out to you, the most important thing is to just simply say, I love you no matter what. It sounds obvious, but that is so critical because kids are inevitably really scared in that situation, even when parents or families have otherwise seemed really supportive. Uh, You know, folks still get really nervous. So first and foremost, just reinforce that basic thing. Even if you have questions, even if you're overwhelmed, even if you feel like you don't understand yet, really say, I love you no matter what, you know, you're still family. Yeah, they need to know that they're loved and they still have a home because we don't want them to run away. That's the one thing that happens with these youth that they just leave home to go seek safety somewhere else. But just remind them that they're safe and they're loved and they have a house. 
Exactly, exactly. And then in terms of finding resources, one uh, place I really encourage people to check out is PFLAG. You know, PFLAG is known for having these support groups and discussion groups all around the country. But what some people don't know is that they have a lot of these in Spanish. They have Spanish language groups. Um, and so you can reach out to PFLAG and ask about how or like look on their website and look up your state, your area to see what's available. Um, and some of these groups are virtual. So even if there's not one near you that's in Spanish, if that's what your family needs, you know, there might be a virtual one that that is still accessible no matter where in the country they are. So definitely check out PFLAG. Also check out the organization Family Equality. They are all about supporting LGBT families. And then again, NCT on our website, we have a lot of things that use plain language to explain like what even is transgender and things like that, that might uh, help with starting to kind of figure out how to proceed. Thank you, Rodrigo. Uh, one last thing before we let you go, if people want to learn more about the center, uh, where can they find you online and on social media? And is there well, a number we can uh, contact you with? Yeah, well, our website is transequality.org. And there you can sign up for email alerts, um, which I really encourage, especially because you can put in what state you live in. And then we will send you alerts whenever there is legislation moving in your state that's super tailored to you. Um, and you can also stay up to speed on if any bad bills are passing or things you can do in your area. Um, so again, that's transequality.org. And we're also, of course, on social media, on Twitter or X or whatever calling we're calling it these days <laughs> we're at trans equality and then on facebook and instagram we're at trans equality now thank you so much for all the hard work you've done in our community on several fronts but i am most appreciating the fact that they finally put a latino in this organization that's going to be able to address so many issues um, and work with his staff of 20 to get things done to protect our trans community. Thank you, Rodrigo. Well, thank you so much for everything you do too. It was so good to chat. <laughs>